welcome to the Othello Foursquare podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit OthelloFoursquare.org. All right, let's lock it right here. Let's lock it in. Yes, come on, let's get excited for the word. This is good. How many of you know that uh, our mind is the control tower of our life? Right? So the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so he is. So what you think about, you bring about. This is, this is something that in the athletic world is so true, right? If you, if you think you can succeed in business, if you think you can succeed, you will. So, but this is not just something the world has adapted. This is a biblical principle. This is, this is foundation to what the Bible teaches, and I want to get into that today because the truth is, whatever, wherever we are today is a result of the things we've been thinking about. So PK talked about a couple weeks ago, Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? Mind. The mind is a powerful thing. And as we'll look into today, what I feel like the Lord wants to do is he wants to equip you in a way that's going to help you overcome the things that's been taunting you, the things that have been covering your head, the things that have been weighing down on you, that are, if you actually took a step back and begin to look through your spiritual eyes, you'll see, oh, this is actually just a fight up here. But the enemy knows if he can get up here, he can affect the rest of your life. And that's what I was kind of feeling this morning when we were like, we begin, we come into worship, we come into prayer. And it's hard because like, you know, we get here, the worship team's here early. So they're, they're in, they're just worshiping. So by the time you guys get here, they're like, they're ready to go in. Most of you guys, you're probably coming, you're like in a hurry, getting some coffee, you know, trying to brush your teeth when you're coming. It's like, and then, and then you sit here and you're just like, whoa, these guys are really excited about being here. But when we renew our mind, when we begin to see and think, and, and God reveals to us of why we're here, it changes. But you, you, it comes from being in that right space of thinking. And so what we think about, we bring about. We must realize that we are being influenced by our mind. And I just want to just challenge all of us. Think about what you've been thinking about lately. Okay? Cause, and that's probably being influenced by what you, you're seeing, what you're seeing as you scroll, as you turn on Netflix, whatever um, streaming system you have. What you think about, what you put in your mind, what you listen to, begins to come out and the biggest lie of the enemy is he'll try to make you think no that's not true that can't be real I was actually talking to a kid one of the kids in the huddle one time they were talking about a a concert he went to this this concert in Seattle and it's this rapper and I was like tell me your favorite song and he started saying it I'm like he started singing and I told him I was like you actually you believe that and you, like, that's you? That stuff you're singing? He's like, well, no, but I just like it. And I'm like, 
be careful. And I, then I told them all, I was like, hey, we're going to wait till the next play. But I said, listen, the things you put, you listen to, the things you watch, you don't think they're having an effect on you, but they do. And one of the kids, he's like, no, miss, that, that's, that's not true. That's not true. That, that's, just, that's just bogus, whatever. But the word of God talks about what we set our mind to is powerful. Okay, so I want to talk about today about taking control of your thoughts because there's arrows flying. Ephesians 6, it talks about there's the fiery darts of the enemy. He's coming. How are we going to shield them off and think God thoughts, right? So because God wants us to live in a fashion that's pleasing to him and honorable to him, and he wants us to experience the most in this life. How many of you guys have said yes to Jesus, giving your life to him, right? All of us have. So now the question is, why do we still battle with these thoughts? Because the enemy is doing everything he can to destroy your life. Okay, you probably didn't want to hear that, but there, there is a, there's a real enemy. But, he, but here's the truth. As soon as you call him out and, and, and come back with a sword, what the Bible says the sword of the spirit is the, the word of God. It's a sword. Yeah. As soon as you begin to throw that out, pff, he's done. Right. All right. So go with me to Colossians 3. And we're going to read uh, a few verses here. Verses 1 through 8. And if you got your Bible, just highlight. If you don't, write on your note. Colossians 3. I want you to meditate on, these, on, on some of these scriptures this week. It says, if then... You were raised with Christ. Seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Don't seek the things of this world. Next verse. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Verse 3. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Pause there. We're all alive right now in the physical. He's saying you identified in, in death with the death of Christ when you said yes to Jesus. So you've died. So therefore, set your minds on things above. Next verse. Therefore, put to death your members which are on earth. Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is adultery. Verse 6. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. 7 in which yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now, come on, come on, read this verse. But now you yourselves are put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth because now you're a new creation. Set your mind on things above. You've been raised up with Christ. Therefore, keep seeking the things above. This is so practical. Today, after talking about renewing our mind, I think the, the church, as a church, we have to now take it and put it into practice. It doesn't matter if you hear this and you're like, okay, I got to renew my mind and do things different. Go home and start making actual changes in your life. I don't know what the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you, 
but go and do it. Go and do it. Just do it. Okay? So as the Holy Spirit reveals to you on what things you need to put away so that you can put your mind on the things above, just act on it. Because you've died to your old life. The life you have is often a reflection of where you set your mind. Many of us, based on life experiences, have built up patterns of thinking that act as filters in our lives. You know what science calls that? What is it? Cognitive bias? So based on life experiences, you step into situations and your mind already begins to filter things a certain way. We have this default filter programmed into our minds that needs to be renewed. So when we come into a situation, for example, that's why two people, they can get the same information, they can get or the same critique or information, but their interpretation is different because the filter that they have, right? For example, if you're two people in the workplace, the boss goes and he's telling them, hey, you need to actually work on this. This wasn't, this needs to be improved. Um, This was a little sloppy. Tells the same thing to two people. One person, the boss hates me. Oh man, I'm just, I'm, I'm horrible. I'm no good. I should be working somewhere else. I'm gonna get fired soon. And the other person interprets, hey, actually, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. He didn't say the other things. I'm, I'm actually in the right track. Thank, thanks, for, thanks for your advice. I'm going to put that into practice. Based on the filter you've created, you interpret things different. The facts were the same, but the filter needs to be adjusted. And so many people are hearing the same gospel, the gospel of Christ, and, and they're hearing this message. And you're wondering, I'm not getting it. Why, why are they so excited? Why are they? Mm, ask the Lord to renew your mind and give you a new filter to see things in a different way. So that's one thing. The filter needs to change, but also I believe that the way we frame things needs to change. And what I mean by that is the way you, let me just give you an example, okay? in the Bible about, um, first of all, th- this filter. In Exodus 13 and 14, or Numbers, it's the, you have the 12 spies that were sent out. Okay, so in Numbers 13 and 14, Moses sends out 12 spies to go check out the land. Two of them come back, and this, this is what they said. They say, two of them said, it's great, the land is great, it's beautiful, let's go take the land. Ten of them come back, and this is what they say. The land devours. There's giants in the land, and we're like grasshoppers. The facts were the same. The filter was different. So like I said, asking the Lord to give you a new filter of how you, how you view things. But also asking him to help you reframe how you think about the big picture. So reframing is creating a different way of looking at a situation or a relationship 
by changing its meaning. Okay, so a lot of times you can't control what happens, but you can control how you frame it. I'll say that again. Some things that you guys are going through in your life right now, you can't control. But you can control how you're going to look at it. So there's this guy in the Bible named Paul, and he dreamed about just spreading the gospel and preaching in Rome and, and ministering to the people. That was his dream. He gave his life to Christ. And he finds himself, instead of spreading the gospel in this place where he's always dreamed of and, and walking around free, he finds himself in a prison. Take a look at that. He, could, he, he wanted to be out and about in the city, bringing people to Christ, and he's sitting in a prison cell. And so I want to read this in Philippians 1, verse 12. This is what he says. Now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. What? You're in prison. You're supposed to be out. That's how they get the news. Filter and how he's framing it. Check it out. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Check this out. And because of my chains, verse 14, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. The facts were, you are in prison. He decided to frame it in a way that was like, you know what? I may be going through this, but man, look at the the goodness of God. These guys have to spend eight hours with me, hear me preach the gospel, and they can't, who's in prison, them or me? Because I'm going to keep preaching to them. They can't go anywhere because they have to guard me. And then when they're done, who's your friend? Come in, bring him in here so I can preach the gospel to him. That was like discipleship at its best. It's like, you're going to know the Lord and then I'm going to walk you through it. And then everyone on the outside is going to see, going to be more bold because of what I'm preaching. The facts were the same. How we view it was different. Change the way you think changes your life. Renewing your mind daily with the word is what helps us change the way we think. But I want to ask, what do you do when you're caught up in the same pattern of thinking? Like, you get to a certain, like, maybe you come up against something, and and every time this comes up, you lash out, you get mad. Um, Maybe the way you just, like, treat others, you have the same pattern thinking right how, how do we how do we begin to break that that pattern of thinking because for a lot of people your thoughts they leave you feeling discouraged too hopeless those are things that the enemy tries to attack how do we begin to change this pattern of thinking cuz paul would refer to this as a stronghold Something that has been built up around you in the spiritual and is keeping you from experiencing the presence of God. Okay? So I want, I want a stronghold is the fruit of an inward lie. 
Okay? A stronghold is a lie which we have allowed to distort or confuse our thinking. And then a lie can then get a foothold. Okay? So how do we get free from these strongholds in our life that have been caused from our thinking? Here, here we're going to go to it. Okay? Paul gave us an understanding how we can pull down these strongholds. Go with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 5. And we read this last week. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Who wants to do that? To bring every thought into the obedience of Christ. So he says here, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Okay, so you're telling me I don't actually need to strive for this freedom of my mind to be cl- to, so I can think the thoughts that you think, God? No, we don't. Because the weapons are not of this world. They're, they're not carnal, the weapons. And you guys know this, right? We've, we've heard this verse a hundred times, maybe more. But look at the picture that Paul's trying to give us. He says, casting down strongholds and a stronghold in the it was actually this building this that was around a city a fortified city right this fort so imagine the people inside the city and there's this building surrounding it okay and this was actually the the stone wall that was built up was used to protect the people inside so this was a positive thing but he's saying in the same way the enemy has tried to do that to you. He's saying he's built a wall of lies to keep the presence of God from coming into your life. And we have to demolish that. Luke 4.18 It says, the spirit of the Lord, this is Jesus speaking, is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recover the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. When we cast down arguments, when we pull down strongholds, remember what a stronghold is right? I'll read the definition again. A stronghold is the fruit of an inward lie. We pull down strongholds. So when you start believing a lie, the enemy begins to build up this wall. And then all of a sudden now you feel trapped. And God's saying, we pull, we demolish with the word of God, which is like a hammer, we start taking down the wall. And so how many of you know that's why you have to get in the word? And thank the Lord for iPhones. 
or Samsung if you like that, but, or whatever, but. We have the Bible app. Come on, you can search anything. You're thinking of something, search it, copy it, paste it on your note, put it as your screensaver, begin to go to war with the word of God. Because you'll be surprised how many people, they actually don't grab the word and then speak the word and use it like a weapon. There's power when we begin to proclaim the word of God. It's supernatural. Okay, I can't explain it, but I'll tell you what. If you just start getting one or two verses, say you're dealing with addiction. Say you're dealing with uh, feeling hopeless because someone you don't, um, you've been praying for doesn't know the Lord, and you're, you're asking them to come to the Lord. Get a verse that says, the Lord is ne- the, the, God is the one who draws them. You put that on your phone. You just begin to declare that. Lord, you're the one who draws them. You're the one who's bringing my friend back. You're the one, my coworker. You're bringing them close. Lord, I'm, I feel in bond. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You've come to set the captives free. So I'm free. You go to war with the word. It, it's our weapon. Thank you, Lord. What did I just read? Did I? Let me see. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. I'm going to read it in a different way. Okay, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity. Lord, we right now, come on, just say, just for you, Lord, take every thought of mine and I bring it, just bring it into captivity. Go ahead, say it to him. Lord, take every thought... Just bring it into captivity. Thank you, Lord. We have to begin to expose the lies of the enemy and shed truth, the truth of who God is. Here's two arguments that I want to talk about that. Arguments against God that must be cast down. Okay? God doesn't want you and you're not worthy. He doesn't really want you, and you're not worthy. Because in 2 Corinthians, if we read chapter, in chapter 10, he's saying the weapons we fight against are not carnival, we, but they're mighty in pulling down strongholds. The strongholds of what? The lies that have been put in our head. Okay, but chapter 11 in 2 Corinthians, this is now the solution. And this is what, this is what Paul says here. In 2 Corinthians Chapter 11, verses 2 and 3. It says, For I am jealous for you with godly jealousy. For I have betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. You've been betrothed to one husband. You've been presented. You've been engaged to Christ. Why does he say engaged and not married? Because Revelation talks about how on the day of the Lord when he comes back, now we're going to unite. 
for the, for, the, for the wedding ceremony. But in those times, in ancient times, when you were betrothed to someone, you were engaged to them, it was as if you were married. So if you decided to separate, you would, have, it would, you would legally have to get divorce papers. So you were, you were already married. It was as if you were already married legally, right? So what is he saying? He's saying, listen, you have been betrothed to Christ to your one husband. He desires you. He wants you. So remember, this is the truth, and the lie is God doesn't want you. You don't mean nothing. You are beautiful in his sight. And then he says, you are a pure virgin. Think about these words. I mean, I mean, he's really saying, this is what he says. You are a pure virgin. The moment you were born again and received this, this gift of Jesus' righteousness, we stand as a pure virgin in God's sight. We are declared righteous, clean before God. Is anyone else, the enemy, try to tell you you're not clean? You're a failure? How could you talk to your spouse like that? How could you freak out on your kids like that? How could you watch that? And he says, you've been presented pure in God's sight. Before God, you are as righteous as Jesus is. Come on, that, that's hard to say because, right? You, you, you feel a certain way, you start speaking like that. But that's how much the blood covers us. The, very, the righteousness we receive cannot be improved on because it is God's very own righteousness. God the Son made you righteous. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Lord, make our minds new. Renew our mind that we not conform to the patterns of this world. Verse 21, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. I'm not just saying this. This is, this is the Bible here. What is our core, and I love this quote um, from Mike Bickle. He says, what's our core spiritual identity? Are we slaves to sin who struggle to love God? Or are we lovers of God who struggles with sin? Let me say that. Let me read that again. Are we slaves to sin who struggle to love God? Or are we lovers of God who struggle with sin? Our love for God may be weak, but it is real. Weak love is not false. We don't define ourselves by our struggles. But his work on the cross and his desire for us, that is the truth. How many of you know, when you, when you know that about God, when you feel like you're desired by him and clean before him, you live differently. When you feel like you're dirty, you're a mess, God doesn't love me, you just keep going away from him. 
And we have to refuse any teaching that, is, is, that's, that they're not preaching this gospel. That's actually what Paul is telling the people. There was a group of people, I believe Judaizers, they began to preach a different gospel. They were saying, no, that, it's not a free gift. Salvation, the, the, yes, Jesus died. He, he was the Messiah. He came on the cross. But there's not that free gift salvation. You've got to keep working for it. And that's the thing. No. We were, we were bought back. And we receive his grace by faith. And I just, uh, I want to say this. Conformity will naturally happen if we're not actively resisting the enemy. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Set your eyes, set your mind on the things above. Use the word of God this week to begin to wash over you. Let it wash over you. Make that a habit. Every morning, you're brushing your teeth. Lord, you cover me. I put on the helmet. I just fill myself with the armor of God. Ephesians 6. Write that down. The armor of God. It's going to tell you what to put on. Right? Like, like a football player, you strap up. Helmet, shoulder pads, right? Your breastplate, you got your you, from head to toe, Lord, I'm covered. No lies of the enemy can come in. And it's crazy what I was hearing a testimony of, the, of, of this, this guy who, when he was younger, he was tormented by these evil spirits. And it's because, like, his family, they weren't Christian family. They would let him watch whatever. So he would watch, like, these dark things. And then all of a sudden, he, he was on, in the basement, his room, so every time he would go down to the basement, he would feel this darkness. And then when he would open the door to his room, he would hear this, this, this screech. And it was just dark down there. And he would get so fearful, he, he couldn't even sleep. And then God, many years later, set him free. And he's walking with the Lord. He's been delivered, set free from, from his old life. He's a new creation. But then he says he's a pastor. And one day... There was a service, and they were doing like a, a, a healing service and praying for people. And two people who were, who were blind, physically blind, were healed. And he was on this high, and everybody goes home, and he just stays after, and he's, he's praising God and giving him glory. And then he's like, all right, it's time to go home. So he turned off the lights, starts walking. And then he gets to the door, and it's dark in there. Have you ever been in a dark church? Like, you just see the exit signs. And then he's like... He says the Holy Spirit reminds him, you left your keys. You're going to lock yourself out. So then he turns back. He goes to, to the front. He grabs his keys where he had been praying. And as he's walking back, he begins, he, he goes another way. He opens the door, and he hears a, from one of the doors. And in that moment, it took him all the way back to his childhood. And for a split second, this, this fear, right, this thing in, in the spirit, it, it just began to come up. And he began to say, he kept walking. He just says, I just started singing about the blood of Jesus. And he, he just made, made up this, this song, the blood of Jesus covers me, the blood of Jesus covers me. And as he began to just declare that, he, the feelings, he was, it was just a feeling, but it was real, began to just come off of him. 
And, and in that moment, the Lord showed him, hey, there are things that are around you, but I've empowered you to walk right through them. And I want to tell you, if there's things that are even in your mind that have been taunting you, tormenting you, you just need to speak directly to them using the word, claiming the blood of Jesus on your life, and just walk right through them. Because that's, that's the victory walking as children of the king. Let's stand. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you're renewing our minds. Or we do not conform to the patterns, to the ways of this world, but transform us, God, by beginning, by changing the way we think. Lord, make your thoughts our thoughts. Lord, so we know that though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. So let us walk in the Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you for living in us. You are our strength. Come on, just, just begin. There's no hurry. Just begin to thank God for his Holy Spirit who walks with you, who covers you. Thank you, Lord, for the crown of thorns that was on your head, Lord, for the cross. Where you died even for, for us to be whole mentally. Change the way we think, God. Give us a new filter to view things the way you would view them. Lord, we, sh we, we just begin to declare truth and we shed light on the darkness. Come and have your way in us. We thank you, God, that you are renewing our mind and we line up our thoughts with yours and the truth about the gospel that we are loved, that you desire us. We thank you, Lord. We praise you in Jesus' name. hope you enjoyed this week's message. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to partner with OFC, you can give on our website, othellofoursquare.org. Have a blessed day. We'll see you next time.